welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by The Raja Press, an online boutique that celebrates life's adventures through fine jewelry. Designer and curator Katie Shadwick has impeccable taste and collects a beautiful array of hand-picked and reimagined vintage, as well as newly designed fine jewelry from San Francisco and beyond. We definitely love how geometric and timeless mm. her pieces are, and we have several earrings and rings from Raja Press. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also love that they donate to Planned Parenthood. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Visit therajapress.com and enter code UPBRINGING for 15% off your order. Now on to our empowerment. Welcome to this week's Twin Talk, where we discuss our empowerment we play in the gray. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Every week we're like, it's a good one. It's a really good one. I think it's a confusing one to people. I agree. I think that I was confused about it, Kelty. Were you? Um, Why? When? I feel like when we created these, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll read the empowerment and dive into it a little more, but it was just, it was so vague. It was so gray to me. Mm. So all encompassing. Um, but I think that as we've been working with it here and there, we've been able to be like, oh my God, that's a total playing in the gray moment. Oh my God. Like it, it's not one of those where you establish it first and then you live by it. It's where you see it or you establish it and then you, you recognize it everywhere. It's, yeah. um, it's a big uh, mindfulness boosting empowerment for me, at least. Yeah. I think all of them are sort of about awareness and approach and the kind of mindset of our parenting practice and our practice of being like human being flawed human beings Mm -hmm. (laughs) mostly Mm -hmm. um but this one is a big important one but it's also very play in the gray it's gray area it's what do you mean by that it's not Mm -hmm. as obvious as a lot of our other just give us the fucking answers yeah what do i do Mm -hmm. tell me what to do we don't know what to do spoiler alert but tina fey does can we dive into our feature here yes i feel like we read bossy pants tina fey's book in like Maybe 2012 or 13. I feel like mm-hmm. it came out around then. I read it on vacation somewhere. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> as as I was thinking about this episode mm-hmm. of Playing in the Gray, I came back to thinking a lot about improv mm-hmm. and improvisation and her days in the Groundlings and all the other improv SNL. groups she was in. Sure. Well, that's pretty scripted, but there's probably some improv there, right? I would assume so. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, I, I came back up on this uh, article, which we'll post in the show notes, of Tina Fey's rules of improvisation. And then in the book, I think it's that will change your life and reduce belly fat, which is an added bonus. Obviously. obviously. So it's four steps. Number one, say yes. Number two, say yes. And number three, make statements. And number four, there are no mistakes. So these are rules for improvisation. 
improvisation as in being up on stage with like someone improvisational comedy um not knowing where it's going to go starting with a premise or a word or something and then just literally going back and forth until yeah. like, to create the comedy do you get how this is tied into our parenting yet uh yeah just a little bit <laughs> it's it's more like crying than comedy most of the time okay but that's the whole idea behind this is that it can be comedy people it can be and i think this is something <laughs> that you and i talk about a lot is can we just picture our lives like it's some like funny tv show in in my most non-comedic moments can it I, just be a 30 rock episode right come on i think someone could be watching this and laughing please let this be a funny 20 minute show that right. somebody is like Make getting it a worth kick out somebody's of. day if not mine <laughs> yeah Totally. Um, but I also started looking at those four steps and sort of tying them into our four powers in this totally fucking crazy realization moment mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I did not see coming in any way. Mm-hmm. I love this, Cal. Okay. Can you read, can like describe the four, the four yeah. rules a little bit? Yeah. I've been there. And I think it'll in just a take a, a couple moments to read through her four things. Okay. So try to picture this in a parenting realm of having like facing an interaction with our children or the children in our lives mm-hmm. in a way that is uh, respectful, inviting, knowing that you want to be make, building something great. And playful. Playful and fun. For sure. Okay. She says, the first rule of improvisation is agree. Always agree and say yes. When you're improvising, this means you are required to agree with whatever your partner has created. So if you're improvising and I say, freeze, I have a gun. And you say, that's not a gun, it's your finger. You're pointing a finger at me. Our improvised scene has ground to a halt. But if I say, freeze, I have a gun. And you say, the gun I gave you for Christmas, you bastard. And then we have started a scene because we have agreed that my finger is in fact a Christmas gun. Obviously, in real life, you're not always going to agree with everything everyone says, but the rule of agreement reminds you to respect what your partner has created and to at least start from an open-minded place. Start with a yes and see where it takes you. That's our respect step. Right. As an improviser, I always find it jarring when I meet someone in real life whose first answer is, no, no, we can't do that. No, that's not in the budget. No, I will not hold your hand for a dollar. What kind of way is that to live? It sounds a lot like me sometimes. Let's be honest. It absolutely does. And you should listen to this on audio book mm. if you haven't, because her voice is way better I than mine. I feel like I did. It's yeah. really good. Okay. The second rule of improvisation is not to only say yes, but yes and. You're supposed to agree and then add something of your own. If I start a scene with... I can't believe it's so hot in here. And you just say, yeah, we're kind of at a standstill. But if I say, I can't believe it's so hot in here. And you say, what'd you expect? We're in hell. Or if I say, I can't believe it's so hot in here. And you say, yes, this can't be good for the wax figures. Or if I say, I can't believe it's so hot in here. And you say, I told you we shouldn't have crawled into this dog's mouth. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, That's called connection. Yeah. That's our second step. Thank you. She says, to me, yes and means don't be afraid to contribute. It's your responsibility to contribute. Always make sure you're adding something to the discussion. Your initiations are worthwhile. Third rule, make statements. This is a positive way of saying, don't ask questions all the time. If we're in a scene and I say, who are you? Where are we? What are we doing here? What's in that box? I'm putting pressure on you to come up with all the answers. In other words, whatever the problem, be part of the solution. Don't just sit around raising questions and pointing out obstacles. We've all worked with that person. That person is a drag. It's usually the same person around the office who says things like, there's no calories in it if you eat it standing up. And I feel menaced when Terry raised our voice. That is innovate, our innovate step. Participate. 
dive in. Get in there, right? right? Yeah. Fourth step, there are no mistakes, only opportunities. If I start a scene as what I think is very clearly a cop riding a bicycle, but you think I'm a hamster in a hamster wheel, guess what? Now I'm a hamster in a hamster wheel. I'm not going to stop everything to explain that it was really supposed to be a bike. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up being a police hamster who's been put on a hamster wheel duty because I'm too much of a loose cannon in the field. In improv, there are no mistakes, only beautiful, happy accidents. And many of the world's greatest discoveries have been by accident. I mean, look at Reese's peanut butter cup or a Botox. And that is our trust step. Our final step. Yeah. Amazing. It kind Tina of blew- and us. We were on the <laughs> same fucking brainwave. A little or maybe bit. we read that book and we were like, we internalized her logic in these rules. And then the four powers came about. Six years later, we were like, yes, I get it. Now that we're parents. Yeah. It's amazing. We got to have her on the show. Yeah. I think that. We should probably define, let's get to playing in the gray. Do we have the empowerment definition somewhere here? We do. And I think that um, this chunk from Bossy Pants really segues in perfectly to it because all of what Tina just said, all those four steps of leaning into the question marks, leaning into the discomfort, leaning into not knowing what the fuck you're getting into is Mm -hmm. all about playing in the gray. Mm -hmm. So here's our definition that's on our website at upbringing.co on the empowerments page. We play in the gray. It's natural for us to search for meaning by labeling the world in extremes, right and wrong, good and bad, easy and hard. Our growth as parents requires the opposite commitment to engage question and struggle bravely within all of life's complexities Hmm. okay so to you and me playing in the gray generally involves Hmm. for me i think a huge one is flexible thinking and being so i like to think of playing in the gray like living and moving in like a fluid diverse moving body of water i'm all about aquatic Hmm. metaphors Instead of sitting with your butt hurting on a fixed binary bank of that water. Okay. It's, it is fluid. It's ever changing. It's open-minded. That's kind of the feeling I get. And open-minded in this way of ask curiosity, of asking for information, of not judging necessarily before you've actually experienced whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, not jumping to a conclusion or an immediate reaction. That is very fixed. That's very rigid. And playing in the gray is not. It's open. It's curious. It's flexible. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I imagine playing in the gray. I also think about you, playing in the gray as accepting the as is. Sort of the way that I've heard Shafali talk about making peace with the as is. Mm-hmm. Shafali Sabari, mm-hmm. who writes a lot about parenting and life stuff. And she's awesome. Um, it doesn't have to be right or wrong or good or bad, but just witnessing noticing something you don't necessarily know and just Mm -hmm. being present to the situation at hand, Mm -hmm. whatever is going on, you know, and, and deciding that even if this feels familiar, even if you're worried, it's going to play out a certain way that this actual moment has never happened before, Mm -hmm. you know, and refusing in that moment to respond unconsciously. It makes me think of John Kabat-Zinn stuff too, just Mm -hmm. like being present to the as is and accepting it fully so that you can then engage with it. Mm-hmm. So playing in the great, it is really connected to the as is mm-hmm. to me. 
I think another thing with this is that, and we'll talk more about it later, is this idea of playing in the gray seems very passive and like floaty Mm. and non, um, like you're not taking a stance or deciding, but in actuality, it is really a way of taking control of our lives and giving our kids more control of their lives. And so we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit more too. Um, it's a little bit, you know, it doesn't seem like that's, that would be the case, but it is. Yeah. Um, I think we've had a few friends who've come to us and been like, playing in the gray is one of the ones where I like, I look at it and I don't, what's that loud bird? It's super loud. Hi, birdie. Um, It's, it's one of those that I don't have an automatic reaction to. to Oh, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll do that now as some Mm -hmm. of our other empowerments. Um, And I think my biggest personal takeaway from we play in the gray is that it calls me to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that's where the growth happens. And it reminds me to have courage and just to not just sit in the discomfort, Mm -hmm. but engage with it and explore it. Kind of alongside the hard stuff is the good stuff type situation. Yeah. But the hard stuff is the good stuff is a reminder, Mm -hmm. but playing the gray is it says, get in there. It's okay go to get in there. The unknown. Go after the unknown. Go into a um, a situation or um, a feeling or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and explore it, and get in there, and don't worry about what's going to happen. Have a curiosity and excitement to figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of playing in the gray to me. I love that. Okay, so what does that actually look like? What does playing in the gray actually look like? So we can give some general examples. I remember one of our friends, I mean, speaking on this topic that I really like of playing in the gray being We close about, the window a little bit. Sure. That bird is so loud. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Um, about, <laughs> it's a really loud bird. About it being about flexibility and openness mm. and um, not kind of that limited judgy thinking. Um, one of our friends, I remember telling us, you know, I'm not my kid's friend. I'm their mom. And I remember thinking like, well, why can't you be both? Why can't you find a role for yourself? That's not a friend or that's not a mom. That's not authoritarian or in this particular role, but that's not like permissive and being friendy. Like you are creating those two disparate elements. Why don't you find a spot for yourself in the gray, in the middle, you know, or you know, how easy it is for us in our society to be like, well, you're a boy or you're a girl, like girls wear dresses. So no, you can't wear a dress. Um, you know, or even our things with their preferences and things like, well, you liked carrots yesterday. So why don't you like them today? I think that a huge part of playing in the gray is opening up our minds and releasing ourselves from this very fixed kind of limited thinking that we do. And I also think that one of the biggest parts of that is with behavior and with challenges that, you know, if you do this, I'm mad. If you do that, I'm happy. Um, That's really tricky stuff. But I think that that kind of fixed thinking can cause a lot of conflicts um, and a lot of distance between us and our kids. Yeah, but it's been a process for us to even like start Mm -hmm. embarking on this journey of ditching those labels of Mm -hmm. That's good. That's bad. That's a fail. That's a win. Mm. You were fast or slow. You were like, oh, we've talked about labels in other episodes, but like it's, it's a constant journey for us to be Aware finding, of, finding yeah. a more nuanced way to approach 
these things that we normally like glom onto either side of the road that doesn't overdefine who they are or who we are or any of our expectations or beliefs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because I feel like kids play in the gray immediately. That's mm-hmm. their default setting. You know, they they just live in that and it, mm-hmm. it makes us or can make us uncomfortable because we've been conditioned to follow these, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, norms and just have these more rigid beliefs of like a parenting protocol yeah. that kind of thing. Something else I love about playing in the gray is that mm. there's something light about it. It's light. It's not dark. Like and the I, playing part? Yes. Like, I think we we truly chose the word play in the gray, not just because it rhymes, but because we really do think of all of this as playing, especially in those harder situations, right? Like yeah. this is really freaking hard, but there isn't always a binary response or there doesn't have to be. There's, it's not always right or wrong or good or bad or stop or go. And, and when we can get rid of those kind of extremes, we can actually like have this potential to just kind of have fun and, and let go a little, not in a a permissive way, but in a, just like the pressure and the burden has been lifted. If that makes sense. And I feel like, like all of these empowerments, we're talking about times that we struggle Mm -hmm. times of conflict, times of disagreement. Like that's what we like talking about. We're Mm -hmm. not talking about the easy parenting moments playing in the gray. We're talking about the moments that make us want to yell the moments that make us feel guilty, the moments that make us hate our kids, like all of that, all of those harder moments. And And deciding to go after them with curiosity, with a neutral awareness, with an openness, instead of deciding before the moments even played out what it looks like, who our kid is, who we are, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think that that kind of connects back into the playing metaphor at our feature Mm -hmm. part of the episode where we talked about improv Mm. and you know our lives not being scripted and I think that it's so easy for us to realize that we completely wrote the narrative of a situation without letting it actually play out Mm. and improv in contrast is this beautiful dance you know we, that something that we revere comedians for. And we're like, yes, like go up there and see what you can make of this totally crazy situation that no one knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a vulnerable, cringeworthy, magical process. Mm-hmm. Can we look at parenting that way? Mm. I don't know. Is that a huge ask? But it's a huge ask, but it's also an opportunity because we get to do that every day. You know, we get to stand there up there and say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what the hell is going to happen next, but there's someone else on stage and maybe we can make some magic together right now, you know, like a collaboration. That's a really big ask to think that just that we write the script and it's about us. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're actually improvising the script. That sounds to me like winging it. So immediately, Kel, I get a little I know you have a thing about it. Because yeah. I'm like, no, like, we, is, is, being improvisational, being negligent or being fluffy or not caring about actually growing and knowing. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. No, I think it's like a, a conscious improvisation. Okay. Yeah. A conscious 
Okay. A, a way where you're being like, I'm not going to respond necessarily in these typical ways that mm-hmm. have been scripted in my society or my family. Yeah. Well, we talk and, about the, like the unconscious hand of parenting mm-hmm. and the unconscious hand of the patriarchy coming into our parenting mm-hmm. and trying to throw that off and rebuff that and say, no, I'm going to be aware, but I'm going to be free within that awareness. Let's give some examples about that. What's an okay. example that kind of where you would want to kind of approach with an improvisational mindset rather than a scripted mindset? Well, today my daughter, who's almost five, refused to go to swim lessons. It was her first new swim lesson thing. I don't have like an amazing example about it, but I mean, the conscious hand of the, you know, modern parenting would really have told me to be like, you have to go, you have to do this, get in the water, all these well, things. modern slash old school, it's essentially mainstream parenting. Thank you. Mainstream yeah. is okay. a better word. Um, yeah, you gotta but, go. Let's do this. Yeah, let's What's do this. What's wrong? Why not? Why it's not? gonna be great. But, but like the Tina Fey stuff being like, don't ask a bunch of questions. It's gonna put pressure on them and they don't know the fucking answers. It took a while for me to be like, what's going on? So what would happen if this? Or... You don't how, about, go. how about we do this thing? You don't want to. Ha- you don't want to go. What would happen if we went? Or um, let's try doing this thing instead. Or I wonder if your the other kids swimming in your group are also hanging their swimsuit out the window to dry it on the way to class and <laughs> all the you know just like engaging in it and trying to make it silly and interesting and wonderful and part of our greater story. Mm-hmm. Am I able to do that all the time? No. But you found out today that she didn't want to go because she thought she'd have to go down the twirly water slide. (laughs) And like you wouldn't have known that and found out that and be enabled to debunk it if you hadn't actually entered the improvisational dance with her. Instead of just being going with your script, your old school script. I know the old school script is we signed up for this. We paid for this. You committed to it. You're going. It's It's Saturday. Or it's going to be fun. You're going to be fine. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to go there. You ended up being side by side with her. You ended up understanding her and helping her actually feel better about it. Yeah. You know, lowering the resistance and creating some cooperation all because you were like, yeah, I'll, I'll spin on this with you. Yeah. Pretty cool. We we played in the gray a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that was only because I had like an hour and a half to myself before we went into that, where I could just be like, I'm in, I can do it. <laughs> Got my chops ready. I did. Mm-hmm. I was ready. I think that thinking of the scripts that we are so used to um, reciting mm-hmm. is, I always think, why? Why do we have these scripts, these parent roles, these things we say? Oh, where yeah. does that come from? You know, it's something we have heard with our own upbringings. It's something we see on TV. It's something we hear our friends say. Like hands on the hips, stern face. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you walk on me and do this. Or if you did this, then this is what happens. Or Mm -hmm. we don't in this house or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Or it's going to be fine. This and this, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many ways we go about things that are just so automatic and unconscious and but they're like scripted power plays kind of they really are and they remind me of like an actor who's in a play who's literally just handed a script that someone else wrote you know um and 
the cool thing is that we don't have to be actors. We can be the writers and the producers and the directors, if we're going with this metaphor a little bit. We are. You know? And I feel like it's something that we talk about with our kids, just wanting yeah. them to be the writer, director, producer, actor of their own story. Well, yeah, because any of us who is given a script and told to say these things, maybe for a while we go go on, along with it because we're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, this feels kind of natural. Oh, this is what everyone else is saying. And then at a certain point, we get disgruntled. And we're like, I'm not going to wear that fucking wig. Or <laughs> my, I don't think my character would say that or whatever it is. And I think that our everyone kids, wants to be the director now. Right. Yeah. Our, our kids are really good at coming out with that right at the beginning and being like, fuck that. Like, no. They are like, can stand up for themselves right away. But, you know, as adults, we've been conditioned over many years to be like, oh, this is just our job. This is what we say. You know, I think there are so many times when I, I don't know about you, Kel, find ourselves saying, holy shit, did I just say that? Did that just come out of my mouth? Like, you know, for example, like I want to say like, or I end up saying, you know, something like, if you can't pull it together, we're leaving Mm -hmm. or, you know. I don't know, instead of something like, hey, what's going on? I'm feeling a little stressed because we're running behind to get to this thing. So what can we do to make it happen? That's playing in the gray. That's, you know, it's... I think Connecting it, human to human. Kind yeah, of. yeah, in a really big way. Um, and I think that it, it, it inherently is saying, I'm going to be responsive, not reactive. I think mm-hmm. playing in the gray inherently, that's another aspect of it, is saying, instead of reacting unconsciously, to all of these predetermined conditioned responses from the past or from our cultural influences or anything like that, kind of like in this emergency way, I'm going to respond a little slower. I'm going to be thoughtful. You know, I'm going to be essentially creating the script as I'm living it, you know, and that's, that's, it's just a whole different mindset. Yeah. But I think that mindset is what lets you actually live the dream. Mm -hmm. Like you choose, you take control and maybe you throw something beautiful at the other person and they grab hold of it Mm -hmm. or not. But Mm -hmm. it's really to me about like busting what we call the matrix, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like my, my, like what I would consider worst parenting moments Mm -hmm. are when I'm sucked into the matrix and I'm down the rabbit hole. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and can't see the bigger picture and can't be the bigger person. And everyone has those moments. We all do. But what can we do to get out of them? Yeah. What can we do to decide, wait a second, this is a dream. I have control. Everything that that is in my experience is is coming from within me and from my thoughts. Yeah. I can change those and choose how I actually experience the well, situation. Han, I remember when we were kids and we would, I, I don't know. I haven't met any other kids who are lucid dreamers when they mm-hmm. were little and even adults. Until Roy. Until like your we, daughter. Yeah. We don't know that many kids, Kel. Come on. I'm sure there are lots We've of them out never, there. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember as a kid being able to be in a dream, having a stress situation. And if I went and hid somewhere in a cupboard or under a table or mm-hmm. somewhere dark, I knew that it was a portal to help me wake up. Mm-hmm. And I, and that was acknowledging and that the dream like, wasn't real, right. that it was just a dream, like I, that I could escape it. Well, and then beyond that, I'm finally getting to dreams in my life where I'm like, wait a second, I don't have to take that test in high school. I know. Fuck you. Like, yeah. this is just a dream. I'm and like going to walk gonna, out of a practice and be yeah. like, see ya. Right. Where we're resisting in these big ways in our lives 
more lucidly, more it, it, with more consciousness. Mm-hmm. Roy has, uh, my daughter has decided, she told me recently that when she's in a bad dream, she says she has to roar like a lion and it scares herself or a tiger. What was it? Yeah. Um, and it scares herself and wakes herself up to get out of the dream. It's amazing. Um, I'm sure lots of people have these tactics, but that's just a dream. We can do this in our real lives. Is that what you're going? I'm going to roar at a lion to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that it's a nod to building awareness around what is real and what isn't, and mm-hmm. that we make our reality. Mm-hmm. Basically, that we're building our per- own personal realities all the time. You know. Yeah, and I think with that consciousness, with those questions, makes us have to ask, why do I have that particular expectation? Why am I uncomfortable when my daughter does this? Why am I embarrassed when my son does that? It gets us to kind of playing in the gray, gets us to think critically instead of just react automatically. It's, it's you mm-hmm. know, the definition of conscious parenting, basically. That's kind of what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, but I think it's also what we call the middle way. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're reactive, we're so easily pushed to extremes in mainstream parenting, like the authoritarian, rigid, or the permissive, or lax. Mm -hmm. And it's just really our reality, you know? And then we end up imposing that reality on our kids. Mm -hmm. And playing in the gray says that we don't have to bounce between those two reactive extreme models of parenting basically that reminds me of of like buddha like dad always talked about that stuff um Mm -hmm. where i think it's like an eightfold path or something like that where it's the The middle middle, way yes the middle way of moderation and i feel like shafali sabari talks about that as well it's this space between the extremes um where we can find ourselves and feel better it's not a, a consolation it's not you know, watered down approach. It's, it's a way that can really be unique and well suited to us. That's, you know, playing in the gray. It's not saying I'm going to bounce from, from authoritarian to permissive and back and forth and back and forth. Wait a second. I'm going to think about my parenting a little bit here mm-hmm. and decide a middle path. That's really conscious and well suited to me, to my kid, to our values. Yeah. It's not winging it. I feel like it's no awareness building and thoughtful. And like back to the whole script thing, I was thinking mm-hmm. about how in fourth grade, I was the lead in a play Okay. Um, with this guy, Stan. I'm not going to name his last name. And I was very proud to be in it. And I remember in our final kind of performances of it, mm-hmm. every now and then he would totally lose track of what was happening. At, whether I like changed a word or not. Mm-hmm. He would lose the line. Did he line. have a crush on you or something? Was he Absolutely like, not. Was he like easily distractible? No. He, he okay. Basically, he memorized the words. Mm-hmm. And, and I think about this so much in my parenting because I'm like, what are my automatic reactions? What are my automatic thought patterns? What are the, what's the script that I'm reading? Mm-hmm. Where like we talked about earlier. Slash living. <laughs> slash living where I'm like, a mother says this. We don't do this in our family. Stop doing that. That's bad. That's good. Like mm-hmm. that whole script thing. And every now and then coming up against this point of, what do I say? Mm. I lost my script. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Mm. I guess I need a fucking game plan. And it reminds or me. Or I of, say it and it doesn't click to the other person. And you're just like, what the hell? Right. But it reminds me of this stand situation because he would be like thrown for a loop if one word was different or if he forgot his line and I wanted Mm. to be like but you know the story right so just 
improvise a little. Where's your meta, bro? Where's, where's yeah. Your, yeah. Like, you know what's supposed to happen. So just make up new words in this, like, you know, connect about what's happening. Um, yeah. And he couldn't do that. That was my first kind of clue into like, oh, wow, he was really living word for word. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fucking live word for word right. in my life, in my parenting, in my partnership. Like, mm-hmm. well, I think that leads really nicely into, you know, you and I always talk about like, Set aside the behavior. Behavior is important, but let's get to the underlying needs. And Mm -hmm. in actor speak, that's called motivation. Mm -hmm. What's my motivation? (laughs) And like Stan clearly did not know his motivation for whatever it was. Be like, you're the dad. Just say the thing. And like, I think that in parenting, it's so easy for us to be like, forget what our motivation is, what our kids' motivation is. Forget that meta, larger, bird's eye view, and just be reacting like this crazy, begrudged actor, being like, like a robot, essentially being like, ah stop doing that that bothers me don't put that there don't do that like i find myself in that mode sometimes and i'm like oh my god like i lost it i'm reading off of someone else's script i have no idea what's going on <laughs> cue my lines director i have no idea what's happening but that's what it is you know? it's, it's not a monologue it's a collaboration mm. and mm. i feel that i've had a lot of moments where i like did my bit and then i don't give the other person a chance to respond even like hogging the stage you okay. know and I, so playing in the gray then is also this idea of i'm playing not just by myself i'm playing with somebody else and that yeah. successful improv slash parenting mm-hmm. is about connection and interpersonal awareness, like creating a mu- mutual reality together, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And accepting that. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like Susan Stiffelman said something about that, like a process of recognizing that we might not understand why someone's doing something, but everybody has their truth. Mm-hmm. And that truth is, is, is as important to them as ours is to us. We each have our own truths and we're coming to the table. We're stepping on the stage together. But I think that's a really big ask with parenting though. And it's really hard because we're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm the parent. It's my reality that's dominating here. And it says you should conform to my reality. Right. Hannah. Like it says, instead of this being a diverse family, this like being a diverse world, it says, I prize conformity over anything. Mm-hmm. And what playing the gray is, is freeing us of these ideas that a kid should be a certain way or do certain things and that everyone is developmentally unique mm-hmm. and that it's okay to not be okay. And it teaches our kids that it isn't about following someone else's script mm-hmm. who has more power over you and that they can see their own lives uniquely and Feel free to express those and honor other people's experiences, realities, you know? This sounds uh, ideal and very chaotic and permissive. Mm. But I think what you're trying to say, Kel, is that we're not being diverse versus conformist with being like, well, just do anything. We're saying that our approach and our mindset is of something saying, I have to consider why this would even bother me. I have to consider why I've even made this rule. I have to consider why something is good or bad. And that's the process that the thinking process, the the consciousness building practice of parenting that can help build our kids into a way of, uh, and with a skill of doing that for themselves and looking to others that way too. Like it's a pretty important thing. Well, what are some of the hard things? Like, why is playing in the gray so hard? 
It forces us to feel uncomfortable. That was your biggest thing that it's we talked about at the beginning. Thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it also, I takes, mean, it's, well, I think thinking of just literally playing in the gray, you're like gray, gray is murky, mm-hmm. gray is unknown. It's, it's like, who knows? You know, we've all been in like a lake and you're like, God knows what I'm going to step on right now. It's going to be slimy or it's going to be pokey. You have no idea what that gray is. And that's really, um, you know, it's, it's disconcerting. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's a big ask for sure. I think it takes longer and it takes a little more effort, you know, Mm -hmm. to play in the gray. Yeah. But I mean, like many of our empowerments were like, it's so much easier to control. Like, let's just control our kids. And we know the black and white answers Mm -hmm. and the right and wrong situations and it's so much easier playing in the gray is more nuanced Mm -hmm. is more question marks is more like i don't know till i get in there well and where you're constantly stopping and starting and thinking and stopping and starting and thinking and stopping and starting and thinking like for example you know i would love my kids to clear their plates off the table every evening Mm -hmm. so at you know at extremes when i'm not playing in the gray when it's black or white i'm either clearing it for them. Cause I'm like, they're never going to get to this. They're not doing a good job. It's inconsistent. I don't want to deal with the resistance. I'm going to do it myself or I'm making them do it. I'm saying you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And both of those things are, you know, the controls either in their hands by not doing it and I'm having to do it or it's in my hands. But what we're trying to talk about is what can we scaffold? Can we build slowly? Can we think, Hmm, what would, Uh, allow them to understand this whole thing bring them in hey what do you guys want to do for this family job what sounds good to you would you want to clear the table would you want to do something else you know and then being like oh reminding them cueing in really fun interesting ways it's a lot of work and i think that we as parents are like i shouldn't have to work that hard i should just either tell them what to do and they do it or i should just be like okay they're not ready yet i'll do it for them yeah but this connects sort of hand to why playing in the gray is sort of like a new nonconformist look at parenting in a way that knowing our influence two episodes ago was mm-hmm. where we know that it makes us feel self-conscious or embarrassed in public, mm-hmm. you know, and it, while it may give us a false sense of security because we see it on TV and we see, um, a lot of these sort of disciplinary tactics and approaches, in our friendships and our family and all of these things. It just, I don't feel like that's real. I feel like Mary Piper talked about the imaginary yeah. audience syndrome that we all think, Oh, everybody's watching us. Oh my gosh, I might be oh, doing yeah. something different. Um, and that's really hard to break out and be like, wait, I'm going to respond to that differently. Instead of being like, at the playground, your kid's not leaving, being like, I'm going to count to 10. And assuming that everyone is like scrutinizing Edgar every action. Right. Yeah. Saying, wait, I'm going to do something different and I'm not going to stress about what other people say. This is about me and my kid, you know, taking that time. Yeah. Yeah. And saying, it's not about this, this false sense of security, as you said, of responding unconsciously the way everybody has responded that you've ever seen or heard of, But, but thinking, are there, is there another way? And getting clear on what we think and what we want, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. But what we think and what we want, that's just our approach. What ends up happening is really unpredictable. I think that's another reason why playing in the gray is yeah. really difficult because when you know exactly like, well, if you do this, you get a 
cookie. If you do that, you don't get a cookie. Like when you do these punishments and rewards things in this control dynamic that we're so, um, are so common in parenting, I think that that's, that also leads to a, a, a false sense of security of being like, well, I know mm-hmm. what the outcome is. It might not be that exciting or fun, but at least I know what it is and it's predictable. And I think that playing in the gray says, I'm actually going to dive into this, into a negotiation with my kid sometimes, or even just trying to understand them or let their feelings come out, even though I'm holding fast to a boundary or a limit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just this whole new thing being like, what the hell's going to happen? Someone else is on stage with me. It's not just me. Yeah. I'm improving with another person here. Yeah. And I think that's really it. It's not, it's not just based in control. It's based in trust. Like playing in the gray forces us to give up some of our power and involve mm. our kids in their experiences. And that feels yeah. risky. You know, yeah. mainstream society says that we shouldn't support taking risks with parenting. It's like, hold on to the reins, move forward. Like, don't let them go. Don't let them go. <laughs> Be yeah. in control, everybody, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But playing in the gray requires that we give up some of that control and we have to listen mm-hmm. and we have to want our kids to understand our agenda and be able to advocate for theirs Mm -hmm. it's a really big ask i think that the earlier they're able to do this like the better and i think that i've even been convinced by my daughter several times where i you know we're like well you need to put your swimsuit on before we leave the house and she's like well i don't want to and so we get into it i say okay well i'm gonna trust this process i'm gonna follow Liz Lemons, I mean, Tina Fey's four things of improvisation and be like, okay, let's play that game. Why don't you want to do that? And that's not being indulgent. That's not being permissive. It's saying, I value you as a human. I'm going to trust this process and I may still need to hold fast to this reason, but I'm going to ask myself why that, that reason even is, um, instead of just blindly exerting my control, which doesn't really do any of us justice. And in fact, can actually cause a lot of conflict and resistance in the process, right? Yeah. I think that's a big question. A lot of people might be asking is like, does this mean it's like going to be fucking chaos that we're not mm-hmm. laying down the hard line and the h- rules and mm-hmm. how can we be better for this? You know, mm-hmm. like how can we have those boundaries and just also respectfully negotiate and communicate mm-hmm. our, our lines and what we need, you know, how do we share that stage and co-write that script? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that you and I talk all the time about our investment in mm. the process of parenting and how when we have the mental and physical wherewithal to engage in an authentic, conscious way, we want to extend as long as possible this idea of accommodating the other human that's on stage with us, yeah. you know, and saying, how many times can we volley this back and forth and back and forth? to get something done that benefits both of us because we're, we're both human. We're both up here. We're both sharing this stage and I'm still going to hold the line. I know what's safe. I know what's right. I know this basic thing. I'm going to be really conscious of those boundaries, but how far can I extend them? How many volleys can we go back and forth to create this magic together, to learn, to grow, to get connected so that shit can get done. Instead of me just being like, I'm hogging the whole stage, I'm writing the whole script. That's the idea. You know, sometimes we don't even give gray a chance. You know, sometimes I'm just like, I don't have the patience. I'm not there. 
Mm-hmm. No, just do what I say, basically. There's no gray here. It's yeah. this. <laughs> but how often can we say, wait, I have a little bit more. And there's, there's magic to be made from <coughs> engaging in this a little bit. I think that's really the question we can ask ourselves. Yeah. And I've been trying to be like, can I improv? Can I innovate right now? Mm-hmm. Can I connect in a way that moves things forward in a like a positive way instead of just puttering out and demanding what I need mm-hmm. or what the situation demands or whatever it is? We all know that research is showing now. So much research is coming out saying when we control, when we punish, when we even like you know, shame or roll our eyes or raise our voices to our kids, learning doesn't happen and disconnection happens between them and us. So this whole playing in the gray is saying, I'm going to invest in this process so that we can both learn, we can both grow closer and what, as much as I can do it. Great. And it's building our skills, which is so amazing. Like, which is the whole point of the four powers that Mm -hmm. we've made. You know, they, they give us an amount of control but an ability to learn about ourselves and one another mm-hmm. and get closer because of it you know mm-hmm. it's a balance mm-hmm. it's the heart of improvisation so i feel like we should go through the four rules of improv okay Tina Fey, again and relate them to parenting in a parenting way more okay sounds yeah. good so one respect she said say yes go with their reality okay so our kid wants a cookie the size of a basketball or they want yesterday to be tomorrow this is totally crazy improv shit and we're very likely to shut it down and be like you can't have a cookie that's the size of a baseball Mm -hmm. or that's impossible for yesterday to be tomorrow whatever but what what tina is asking of us and what we talk about in this respect step is saying that's their reality that's their experience right now and the only way to move through it together and to assist them and co-regulate with them and to respect them is to nod with it and go with it and build that connection. Step number two, connect, which is say yes and, which I feel like is, mm. is responding, mm-hmm. really, and adding to it and saying, if they want a basketball-sized cookie, what would be inside of this cookie? Yeah. Are you hungry? What happened earlier? Or you we want a like, basketball-sized cookie. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yesterday to be tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I felt that way before. Seriously. Yeah. Giving them that feeling that they're understood. Heard. Seen. Yeah. That's all anybody really wants, right? Mm-hmm. Step three that we have, innovate. Mm-hmm. She calls make statements is really just about participating, like pointing out obstacles, whatever the problem is, and then being part of the solution. Like anything solvable. Oh, damn, I want to go swimming where we went yesterday. Do you want to go? Like no like real questions, but just showing confidence and connection and getting in there and being part of what the solution can be. Collaborative, side by side. That's the idea. And then step four, trust. She says, there are no mistakes, only opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is so much about being flexible with our partner, our friend, our kid, and whatever they're experiencing. And just knowing that there's always another chance to connect about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think this whole playing in the gray, you know, we've talked about these metaphors of uh, fluid waters and 
being on stage, doing improv, like playing in the gray is truly a mindset. Mm -hmm. It is a saying, I'm going to be in this state, in this flow of the as is of, um, of choosing my script and empowering my child to choose theirs and sharing some of the power and the stage with them. Um, yeah, but like, is life a game or is it a power struggle? Mm. Is it innovating a gift or a failure? Mm. So you're saying playing in the gray is a choice. Do we want it to be it to be murky? Do we or do we want to stay on the banks of the river that we were talking about at the beginning? Yeah, where we have these decisions. It's very simple. It's very unconscious. But but that creates these power struggles. Yeah. That creates these senses of win or lose. Yeah. Or but, do we want to be in the water but, and saying, this is fun. This is a game. This is a beautiful gift. But even just think about like a normal improv comedy thing. Mm-hmm. You're seeing how many times they can volley it back and forth before mm-hmm. it ends or goes stale or people clap or whatever it is. How can we look at our parenting interactions, especially in those tough moments, as that, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I volley to them and they just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's our normal. That's not much of a show, ladies <laughs> it, and gentlemen. It's not fun to watch yeah. really. It's just them or to like, be in. <laughs> acquiescing or resisting and you keeping throwing it at them. Mm-hmm. Like, can we make it this playful volley to see mm-hmm. how funny and wonderful and um, like learning filled this interaction can be? When you think about it. Every moment has never happened before. Yeah. I feel like someone said, like, each moment's a place you've never been. Mark Strand. Okay. That's not like a bunch of posters and mugs and crap. But seriously, though, like, we, I think we naturally in parenting are like, oh, I've seen this one before. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this is bad because. Well, we do that in our partnerships, too. Like, you never this. You always this. Yeah. You should have done this. You got to do this. But in reality, we can open our minds by playing in the gray and think, oh my God, this scene that I'm coming into with my kid drawing marker on the wall, that even though maybe they've drawn marker on the wall another time, this same situation hasn't happened before. And what learning and what connection can be, can be created from it. Um, if we lean in and just play in that gray area and engage with them on stage about it. Yeah. You know, makes me think about Caroline Miss and her kind of sacred contract Mm. stuff. I feel like she talked about it being a sort of agreement that we have with significant people in our lives and finding ways that allow us to be more fully who we are. Mm. I want to put that in the show notes and find a way to explore it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Totally. But I love that, that this is, you know, it's, it's a sacred contract This being in, in a, in a, um, a relationship with our kids, this family, this, you know, we're on stage with this person. We've got double billing. Like, (laughs) what are we going to make of it together? It's an opportunity. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think too, we talked about playing in it. Like it's exciting. It's an opportunity. It's fun. And -hmm. it's playing in the gray. Maybe to make it not gray. Maybe it's to make it like a fucking rainbow. Well, yeah, I think it starts as gray because it's uncertain. It doesn't feel comfortable. It's difficult. But the more we play in the gray, this idea is that we start to see the colors emerge. Yeah. We start to see shapes emerge and can really grasp these things. You know, it can it go from yeah, more like, vibrant. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So anyway, 
So what would you say our big takeaway from this playing in the gray episode is, Kel? I think like the beginning, playing in the gray really means to me just being able to lean in and engage in discomfort. Mm-hmm. And anything that makes me want to run away or yell or issue a punishment or a reward or ultimatum or whatever it is, is just to be more patient and listen and get in there and talk human to human. Like that's really the reminder to me. Well, and that that idea is saying, if something's really bothering me, that is from an unconscious response I have from conditioning, from my culture, from my family. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to maybe think about that and think about the why and think about how I want it to be different and change that and play in the gray in a different way, an unprescribed, unscripted way. And playing in the gray to me is this idea that parenting, living, anything can be fun and can be funny and can be beautiful and can bust out of these typical tropes and scripts that we typically think we have to do. We've all been there where we're just like, oh, saying the same things over and over. And it's, it's no fun to anybody. We get to be the actors and the directors and the producers and the writers in our own lives. And that inspires our kids to, to be those, those roles and energize themselves in their own lives with those things. It's very empowering to us and to them. I agree. Yeah. It's about creating agency for ourselves yeah. and thereby for our kids. Let's get uncomfortable to have fun to create agency. Or let's get uncomfortable to create agency <laughs> to have fun. I don't know. That those are three of the things in playing in the gray where we're like, wow, and then these to are grow. real things. Yeah. To grow and to just feel fulfilled and more authentic. I don't know. I love it. As always, we would love to hear your thoughts on our twin talk. So get in touch with our DM, phone, email, or through our website, upbringing.co. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. That would be lovely. And lastly, you are doing an amazing job. We're so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And we're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time. of our show created in the hopes of inspiring us all to personalize our song singing experience with our kids yes what can we be singing to ourselves over and over and over to calm ourselves (laughs) down to change our perspective to get some find some peace in this whole parenting life thing yeah it's sort of connecting to our episode of ditching the script yeah what are those like fucking irritating lullabies that we are constantly singing especially in the early years that we can Mm. be finding other songs i'm sorry here's a song from middle school that i really love that's all i've got tonight i'm sorry let's play in the gray with our song singing experience (laughs) a little bit totally well what do you have for us tonight han well the farm is just beautiful right now where we live and um i was singing the other day uh good old lyle love it Mm. and in my own mind. And I felt like this was a perfect uh, song song tune to sing um, to a kiddo, to yourself, to just be thinking of this idea of the repetition. I think between farm and family, there there are a lot of similarities with you doing the same fucking thing over and over and over and over and over. And it can get a little repetitive. It can get a little ornery, ordinary, Mm -hmm. make us ornery. Yeah. 
Um, and so that's what I wanted to sing about. I just love Lyle Lovett. I don't know. Who doesn't love Lyle Lovett? He's kind of the best. And Julia thought he was the best, too, obviously. Really? Did she? Were yeah, Julie Roberts totally married him in the 90s, didn't she? She was with Kiefer Sutherland. No, she know, married Lyle Lovett, for sure. Hmm. That's an interesting pair. Yeah, I always like this song in terms of it just felt like very stable and nice. But mm-hmm. I like that you're using it as a rebellion, active mm-hmm. rebellion. <laughs> Being like, don't do all those normal things. Or don't, not, don't, don't, don't do, not necessarily don't do them, but like okay, all these things them. are going to be happening. But I can still be in my own mind experiencing them. Life is going to mm. happen. Our behaviors and rituals and our children and people we can't control are going to be happening around us. But we can be in our own minds. Our minds are our power. That They allow us to, to decide how we approach and experience every situation with our families. Oh, that man. is the gift and the beauty okay. of Lyle Lovett. Okay, go. Okay. I get up in the morning, drink a cup of coffee. I look out of the window. I try to get it started I turn it all over Plow it all under I plant them in the springtime I pick them in the summer I live in my own mind Ain't nothing but a good time No rain, just the sunshine Out here in my own mind I live where I can breathe Ain't nothing but a cool breeze Nobody that won't please 